Hey there, how are ya? How you doing? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Vividly Speaking with who else but me, Dr. Vivid. I am always so thrilled to be here with you and I have so much I want to talk about and things I want to jump into. Uh, uh, uh. You didn't see it, but it was like the coolest shoulder jig of my life and I want let, let's run it back so you can do it with me ready one two three uh, uh, uh. <laughs> now that we have welcomed you back let's just jump into this episode come on <laughs> let's go Just dealing with so many blessings and so many, oh my goodness, moments. Yeah. I've gone through some craziness in the last couple of weeks with being sick and having so many friends and family members around me being sick. So to just have moments where good is happening and nice things are rolling in it's so hella rewarding and i hope that all of you have chances to grab on to moments of i deserved this i work for this and i feel at peace right now we go through so much we all deserve a moment of peace but also, you guys, I had to get a new MacBook. Um, I was having a lot of issues with recording in this new project that I'm working on. So your girl had to get a whole new MacBook. And tell me why the journey to get it was ridiculous. First of all, there were almost, I, I, I went to a store Talked to the associate, made all the small talk, made all the cool conversation. Because I'm, I'm generally a friendly person. I am. And homie goes to, like, ask me about, like, how I'm paying and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> and then goes, oh, my God. I say, what? We don't have any MacBooks in the store. Sir. Sir. I gave you four good jokes, a friendly conversation, and a guaranteed sale. And you didn't check to see if there were MacBooks in the store after I literally was introduced to you by another associate who said, this lady wants to buy a MacBook. Could you help her, please? (laughs) What? (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel. So... Then I go to another store, but before I go to that store, I check and it's telling me that they're damn near no MacBooks within a 30 to 40 mile radius. Y'all, 
what what did y'all do? Are y'all making peanut butter and jellies with MacBooks? Like like are you are you going potty and wiping with MacBooks? Why is there a MacBook shortage? Like what's going on? I'm confused. This isn't Lysol. It's a MacBook. So I finally got to another store. Shout out to the associate at the Georgetown Apple store. As a native Washingtonian, Georgetown used to be a place where I definitely stumped, bumped, ate, chilled. But as I've gotten older, it stresses me out. Um, But I went there. He was dope. Even hooked me up twice. Not going to even tell you how he hooked me up twice because I'm not, I'm not going to snitch. But (laughs) he was amazing. And then here's the, here's the crazy part about it, right? Homie helped me for a a good, a long periodically amount of time. He helped me for a good time, right? He goes away. He's like, okay, I have to um, go do yada, yada, yada. I'm going to check on you. I'll be right back. He doesn't reappear, y'all. He doesn't reappear. And I'm like, hey, he has to, like, have you seen whatever his name is? Because I'm not going to incriminate him. And also, I want to know if this is real or not. Keep listening. So I'm like, yeah. People kept like, are you being helped? And I was like, yeah. They was like, are you being helped? Like, yeah. So finally, I was like, hey. Um, somebody was like, are you being helped? I was like, yeah, I am. But hey, um, he tell him that he can wipe it now. And he's like, what? And I was like, such and such was helping me. And he was like, really? And he was like, where is he? So they're calling. And apparently no one knew that homie was there. And they were like, I don't know where he is. He's not in the back. He's not in the store. He didn't leave the store. Y'all, did Jesus create a MacBook angel? <laughs> what the fuck? I was so confused and weirded out. I was like, are y'all playing with me? I'm sober. I have all my faculties. Don't play with me. Homie poofed into, into the vapor, into the ether. He does not exist. <laughs> I don't know. Or, I don't know. It was wild. Thank you, Apple Store Angel. <laughs> but I got the last one in the store. It Well, of the gigs that I needed. Um, wild. So now I have a new MacBook that is cooperating, that is allowing me to record, and is allowing me to finish some other projects, allowing me to continue seeing my therapy clients, and guess what happened? My work cell phone is also an iPhone and now it's trash. So back to the Apple store I go. Will the angel be there? Will he reappear? I'm a I'ma do, I'm gonna go back and see. I wanna know if he's real. <laughs> but you know, um it was wild. Oh, and I want to shout out um, my co-parent because my ex-husband and my daughter bought me a gift that a lot of people have really been inquiring about. So for my birthday, uh, my co-parent and my daughter got me a necklace with my um, father's picture on it. And it's really pretty, really nice. 
and you know my father's deceased and on the other side of it you can like turn it it's a picture of me and my mom from when I was a little vivid and he gave it to me a couple days before my birthday because I was having a really hard time emotionally and not feeling well and he said um I got this for your birthday well we got this for your birthday but I figured I'd give it to you now because you've been having a hard time and you deserve it and that's growth and co-parenting and great emotional intelligence and just being good and I was glad that my little human was in on the deal and it did make me cry tears of this gratitude and joy and surprise and all that to say that sometimes people aren't the right fit for each other intimately but they can learn to understand each other platonically in order to make a family work (laughs) that's it all right guys let's get to the rest of the episode you know what's up What's happening? What goes on here? Y'all. Y'all. So, per usual, living my black ass life like it's golden, golden. Pick up my phone, scroll on Issa Rae's internet. And what do I see being delivered to me like rapid fire laser beams? Pew, 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 pew. This video of the pastor, Mike Todd, and him spitting in his hand. And putting it on a member's face in a demonstration of nothing holy Bible. (laughs) But leave it to his interpretation, it was. Child, let me tell you how, first of all, I read the video description and immediately was like, not clicking it not clicking it my friends clicked watched it relayed to me what happened and how it happened vividly enough that i am never pressing play on this video and immediately immediately when i was told what he did i said and homie didn't swing i would have knocked him cold out i swear i don't give a damn Pastor, bishop, cardinal, pope. If you, rabbi, ima, baba, listen. Witch doctor, I'd listen. If you spit on me, I am going to knock 
every book of the Bible out your ass. I swear to you. I am going to hit you so hard that tithes and offerings are going to fly out your back and pockets like sonic rings. Are you crazy, my, my dude? I almost slipped. Are you crazy? All growing up, I've been told that spitting on someone is one of the nastiest and most disrespectful things you can do to another human being. And I'm, I am, I am so bothered. I'm so bothered. It's, it's ridiculous that people use the Bible and create these crazy interpretations but let's be real. Did you do this for clout? Did you do this to, you know, go viral? I mean, you're already pretty well known, Mike. So what was this for? And then homie comes on and does an apology video. But you're not really apologizing. You're trying to justify what you did. And it's gross. One, that's nasty. Keep your bodily fluid to yourself, okay? These people came from the word, for the word, and you out here hawking loogies and passing them out like they're communion wafers. No one asked for that, Mike. No one asked for that. And secondly, we're in a whole fucking pandemic. We have a whole virus with all these mutations, like they're in the X-Men and you're out here taking your hand and placing your saliva on someone else's face. Y'all got to stop abusing the power that you have as leaders. And to the, to the man who allowed him to do this, I need you to rethink your boundaries. I need to, you to rethink what your concept of leadership is and why you're following certain things and why you're comfortable with being with your boundaries being encroached upon by this person and also go get two rapids two pcrs just quarantine for the hell of it because what the what what's happening what goes on here oh so I really had something else I planned to talk with you guys about this week, but after having numerous conversations with clients and friends and myself, <laughs> to be quite honest, I want to talk to you guys about imposter syndrome. It's something that clinically... In the last three years, I have seen so many people come in for therapy with that being the biggest thing that they're dealing with, their true presenting problem. Imposter syndrome is making them feel as though they aren't the person that the world, their family, their colleagues, their school knows them to be. And really what imposter syndrome 
is is a pattern of you doubting yourself, your skills, your talents, and walking around with the fear, this internalized fear that you are going to be exposed and people are going to say, you're a fraud. I want to be found out. And these, this fear is totally irrational. There's no truth to this fraudulent <laughs> costume that you're supposed to be wearing. But so many of us deal with imposter syndrome in our day-to-day lives. And I think we need to get to, there are a couple of things we want to get to. So why is imposter syndrome hitting us so hard? Once again, I'm going to tell you that I've been told I'm a millennial. Okay, cool. But I want to just phrase this. I want to just set it up for you so you can follow me. And this is my theory about imposter syndrome. I'm 34 years old. My entire life, I was told that I needed to, I'm a 34-year-old cisgendered black woman. Throw that out there. My entire life, I've been told that I had to work twice as hard, twice as long than my non-black counterparts. I've always been told that you're going to go to elementary school, middle school, uh, you're going to go to high school. While you're in high school, you need to pick out your colleges. While you're in college, you need to pick out your grad school. While you're in grad school, you need to think about what you're going to do because you want to be a doctor. So you need to make sure you have a solid doctoral program. While you're in your solid doctoral program, you need to think about what research or what work you're going to do after you graduate. After you graduate, you need to do something to make a name for yourself in your community and in your professional community as well. After you do that, while you're doing that, you need to figure out how you're going to be somebody's wife, somebody's mother, somebody's asset to the community and make sure that you're having a tribe that believes in you. Have a song, a strong sister circle. Be everything. You're every woman. It's all in you. Been told that since birth, right? And they threw the importance of education at us constantly if you're a child of the 80s and 90s, especially, it was education, education, education. Why? Um, most of us have parents that do have some level of college education or may have had some graduate level education, but a lot of our family um, uh, structure was built on people being, you know, blue collar workers or having trades or going to some type of other uh, a route for making a living. So they were like, you need to, you know, do what you need to do so you don't repeat what we've done. We want better for you. And here's how we're going to constantly remind you every day that you have to be successful. You have to make it happen. And it, it's, it's a lot of pressure. So boom. We got the, we, we got our marching orders, right? And technically we have some type of blueprint, but all of the tools aren't given to us (laughs) to construct this successful house. And because a lot of the people that came before us 
they're not going through school or life like we're going through because of technological advances, um, different periods in history, uh, different social economic structure. They can't guide us <laughs> safely. So we're figuring it out on our own and we're doing the best that we can with the whole idea being that we have to be successful. We have to get this done. So we do everything we set out to do. We cross our T's, we dart our I's, we get our degrees, we get our businesses, we get our families, we get our community work. Look at all the accolades. However, we sit and feel like it's never enough. It's never enough. Imposter syndrome breeds because of this push that, oh, you can do more. Um, it's this push of if you are not burnt out, you're being lazy. That's my theory. The people that came before us, and I don't think this is necessarily intentional on everybody's part. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. But they gave us marching orders not knowing where the hell we were supposed to be marching to because their their battlefield and our battlefield look different. And because our battlefields look different, if we complain about the the war, the fight, we're seen as being ungrateful or lazy or wanting things to be handed to us. So we're stuck with all these complex feelings, all these, um, all this confusion about how to navigate success. And when we try to find different ways to take a crack at it, we don't even accept it as a true success. Some of us see it as luck or say things to ourselves like, well, it took me longer than everybody else. Or, I mean, I stayed another semester. I had to take time away and do this. I mean, I thought I would have this house before then. Um, you know, I just been really out of it. So I haven't, you know, gone about the plan enough, enough, enough. <laughs> we have been programmed to think that our best isn't good enough. So we don't recognize our best as our best. We recognize our best as the bare minimum. The bare minimum. Because the bar was set crazy high by people who couldn't even jump half the height. <laughs> no disrespect to our elders and the generations in the cohorts before us. But y'all really fucked us up. <laughs> you really put us in a position to constantly question ourselves. I know so many people who had dreams and visions for themselves that didn't involve going to school, but they went to school because that's what they were told to do. And 
they're doing something that they didn't necessarily believe they could do, but they're good at it. But they're good at it because they're so focused on not failing that they're exhaust every bit of brain power and, and every morsel of energy they have at looking good at it. And then they discount their their work. They're just like, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, like everybody else in the grind. No, you're not. Imposter syndrome makes us forget that we are special, that we are gifted, that we deserve everything that we work for, that we've put in the time, we've put in the blood, the sweat, the tears. We have the battle scars to to show it. It is a trick of the enemy, (laughs) as the old folks would say. It's really a a collaboration between your insecurities and societal pressure that creates imposter syndrome. And the key to defeating this psychological beast is presenting evidence at all times. And you heard me say this on this podcast numerous occasions. If you know me from social media, if you know me in real life, you know I'm really big on gather your evidence because imposter syndrome will tell you you have nothing to show for yourself, but you're sitting here with tons of evidence that begs to differ. It doesn't matter that it took you five or six or seven years to complete a program that some people completed in four. Some people don't try to complete it at all. You did it. It doesn't matter that you're the oldest student in the class. You're there. It doesn't matter that, oh, I'm still renting an apartment, but I'm going to close on my house and I'm 35, 45, 50. So what? You took your time to do it right and to do it on your own terms. Your kids are going to school, they're eating, they're clean, they're, you know, showing people that they have good social skills, they're thriving. You're a good parent. You are faced with so many voices of doubt that you can turn down we can we can turn them down if we throw evidence at them throw evidence at them you are first of all you are more than your title your accomplishments your degrees you are a person with a soul with a spirit that deserves to be acknowledged outside of your labor. Imposter syndrome minimizes the person you are by only focusing on labor. And you are so much more than the world's worker. An employee to the universe. You're so much more than that. You have the gift of making people feel safe 
of humor, making people laugh, of being able to think quick on your feet, of being able to see details that other people can't see, the gift of resilience in the face of adversity. You are a person who is working on themselves and pushing themselves to grow and to learn more about the world you live in and the world other people participate in every single day. You are working on you every single day. And that says something about you as a person. We have to remember to turn those other voices down. Imposter syndrome is societal pressure and insecurities dressed up as a bully, as a boogeyman. And it's following you around. I need you to turn around, tap that motherfucker on his shoulder and say, you're done here. You're done. Look at what I've created for myself. Look at the relationships I have cultivated. Look at the experiences I've had. Look at the things that I have done. Look at the work that I have put in. Look at the skills that I have honed. Look at the talent that I have. Look at the passion, the motivation, the will, the drive in this body, in this mind, in this spirit. I'm so full of all those things. There is no room for you. Imposter syndrome. You're not welcome here. (laughs) And yes, it takes time. You know, it's not an overnight thing because we all deal with insecurities. And like I said, I, I you know, think of imposter syndrome is a Lego wall of insecurities. But at the end of the day, if you pick them apart piece by piece, if you start hitting those bricks with evidence, you can just pop them off and put them in the bag. It's not as big as you thought it was. Look at it differently. We're so much more than what people want us to be, what people tell us we need to be. We're so much more than our labor, so much more than the things that get us paid weekly, bi-weekly, monthly. We're so much more than what we have on a resume, a CV, a cover letter. Yes, those things are great. But the key to defeating imposter syndrome is seeing all the parts of yourself that make you whole instead of paying attention to those one or two things that sometimes make us doubt. Weighing it out. Looking at the evidence and going, well, damn it. Here's the proof that I can. I was sitting in a virtual room full of these beautiful uh, black professionals. And 
I thought to myself as I'm facilitating this session, you need to be seen. Imposter syndrome has cloaked every mirror in your house and has made you forget who the hell you are. You can't see you. And that's a shitty feeling. So to all of you out there who may be struggling in your professional world, in your familial world, in your community, you're here for a reason. They're calling on you for a reason. They're hiring you for a reason. They're asking you for advice for a reason. You're being paid, compensated for your effort for a reason. People love being connected to you for a reason. People love referring you to other people for a reason. People love hearing what you have to say, your viewpoint for a reason. People love you, seek you out for a reason. And that reason, there's nothing fraudulent about that. You are more than what the world tells you you are. So I'd like all of you guys to take some time out during your day. You walk past the mirror or catch your reflection in some glass or something. Or even when you drive and just go, I see you. You're so much more than I ever hoped for. So much more than they make you out to be. And I love you for that. You're not an imposter, baby. You're the real deal. All right, guys, let's get to the rest of the episode. Oh, well, well, it's time for well mail. <laughs> this week's well mail comes from the TikTok streets. Yes, it does, baby. Uh, I love this part of the podcast, you know, I love this part of the episode. Well, Mel is where you send me your questions, your, you know, what's been on your mind, what's been on your heart about anything mental health, wellness, life related. And I give you what I give you, baby. (laughs) I try my best to, you know, give you some suggestions, some 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 wisdom (laughs) and this week's question was related to communication a tiktoker asked um i'm gonna summarize they said that they've been um struggling with communicating with their spouse because when they get into um conversations or discussions and there are moments when they don't feel heard, they kind of get, you know, argumentative or defensive and they don't like that. They feel like they lash out a little and they pointed out that 
they had this issue for some time and that sometimes the way that their spouse responds reminds them of their father's response when they were growing up and in their young adulthood and they don't have a great relationship with their father. And they wanted to know what they could do to make it better. And this is how we analyze this. One, of course, it's very clear that you are projecting hurt related to your past relationship, your relationship that wasn't healthy with your dad onto your spouse because you're triggered. You're triggered like, oh, that sounds something like, that's just something. Some like he would say, like, and a lot of the things and a lot of the ways that your 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 father handled you were disrespectful, were cold, were harsh. So what your spouse is seeing is maybe simple feedback or criticism that's blunt and to the point. You're seeing as an attack because of the tone or the way it's being said, and the key to healing this communication pattern is being truthful with your spouse about how their responses are making you feel and letting them know that you don't desire to communicate in a way that's aggressive or defensive or makes them feel hurt or angry. You want to communicate in a way where both of your needs are being met that both of them all both of your messages are being heard and you're being respected. Remember that this person is not your parent. You chose them because they were your safe place. And your safe place should be able to have a conversation with you about how something that they said or did didn't make you feel safe. Take time to ask, could you say that differently? Because what I'm hearing you say is this, and it's making me feel this way. What did you mean to say? Or I heard you say this, and it sounds like this. And giving that person a chance to explain, clarify, you know, verify, whatever it is. And remembering that you're in this together. He's not the enemy. He is not the person that parented you. He is the person that is helping and growing with you. Work on using kinder language with one another And when you feel like you're overwhelmed by something, having the room to take a pause and take a beat and say, hey, I got to step off for a second because I don't want to, you know, say something to hurt you or I'm really hurt. I'm really overwhelmed. And we're going to finish this conversation, but I need to step away right now. Definitely processing your past and your relationship with your dad and how those things have, you know, reared their head in your current relationships with a therapist and with yourself and take it one day at a time because unlearning communication habits isn't easy. You've been doing this for years, but good luck to you.
If you want to submit your well mail questions, your uh, things that you, you want me to assist or clarify, definitely hit me up on TikTok. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on the Twitter or you can send questions directly to me at contact at drvivid.com. Let's get on with the rest of the show. All right, all right. It's time to take a beat. This is the part of the episode where I talk to you about what I've been listening to, what's been feeding my spirit, what's been giving me joy, helping me reflect, and just what I've just been listening to. And I think I want to add a little bit of, you know, and expand taking a beat for the 2022 i'm gonna include things i've been watching not just things i've been listening to because i've been doing a mix of both so i've been dealing with a lot of good stress (laughs) so i have of course yabba has been on repeat again and the cutest thing ever is yabba and kirby um been on repeat their latest releases and my little jojo child that baby know the words the ad libs the melody the harmonies and it's just been (laughs) giving me so much joy watching her enjoy the music that i enjoy so shout out to yabba i've been listening to the song countless times by an artist named Mars and that's M-A-R-Z-Z now I heard this song months ago on like the Soul Train Awards or something and I was like download but for some reason it's been really on my heart and on my spirit lately I definitely have <laughs> I have been listening to a lot of the Pace Sisters thanks to TikTok act like you know it's made me revisit some of my favorite gospel songs. So, shout out to the Pay Sisters. Come on, Uranus. LaShawn and, and, and the crew, baby. Um, it's something about good old, good old 90s gospel. Ooh, it just, sets, it just sets something in me on fire and it makes me happy. So, I love that. Also... Friend Zone podcast it has returned from their holiday break. The Read returned, so I've been listening to that because that's how I get my giggles and also I connect with some of my favorite podcasters. Um, shout out to y'all! I've also been listening to a lot of the songs that I liked when I was younger, so Tevin Campbell. Can We Talk, SWV, so many songs, oh my god, um, Sisters With Voices, Honey, just all of that music, listen to all the SWV, Brandy, Almost Doesn't Count, Child, Angel In Disguise, come on now, 
come on now <laughs> i have also been listening to so i'm a fan of rupaul's drag race and there have been some songs from this new season that uh the new rule girls have been using as a talent they kind of some bops they kind of some bops so i've been listening to those um especially when we talk about cornbread oh my gosh oh my gosh that cornbread the snack jete you everything and i hope you win sis i hope you win <laughs> but that baby had a song that made me giggle but it was a bop and we love it you know i love to laugh oh it's, speaking of bops and giggling something for the hotties <laughs> you know i love me some meg i started listening to um some old Meg stuff too and then I was like you know what let me revisit something for the hotties to give myself a little umph so <laughs> and it gives me the umph uh, oh I'm not a star of course this is not a new song Rick Ross is something about me working out and hearing I'm not a star <laughs> somebody lied I said what every time I hear Officer Ricky come on the beat, I, I feel like I complete, can complete every single workout. I got it. I am invincible. Load up the choppers like it's December 31st. I swear I'm a, I'm a, I'm a drug dealer pushing. I am a gangster. When that song comes on, you can't tell me anything. It is my hype song and I had to revisit it this week because I had to push myself. Shout out to Ross. <laughs> but that's what I've been listening to. Tell me, what's been, you know, keeping you sane over these last couple of weeks? What you been putting on repeat? I can't wait to hear it. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show. It's time to do it yourself. This is the part of the episode where I'm giving you tools for coping, processing, dealing with your day-to-day -day life stressors in the meantime, between time, in the middle of waiting for therapy sessions, or just to get you through. And this week, I wanted to talk to you about Tapping in to your inner child, your little self. There are so many things that I realize as an adult that I do for soothing that originated in my childhood. One of the things that I've talked about on social media as of late um, was, and I think I talked about it on the podcast too, is the fact that I like use covers to like tempt myself and to provide myself with like a shield from too much sensory input. And I said, wow, that's something I've been doing as a kid. It was so simple and so easy for me to do um, that I just forgot where it originated. And, and I was talking to a few clients this week about sometimes being an adult and how we just add too much 
structure, too many rules to things. <laughs> if y'all heard that, that's my neighbor. He wilding right now. <laughs> but um, thinking about scaling back to the things that really connected with us as, as kids, um, whether it be the you or the kid that when things were just too loud and things were too much for you, you found a room to go hide in and go sit by yourself and read a book. You were the kid like me that kind of found little spaces to tuck yourself into, um, like under a bed, in a closet, uh, on a shelf, reading a book. That means as an adult, you know what I want you to do? Go find a quiet space sometimes. Just go. If you were a kid that loved blankies, oh, everybody had, all of us had a blanket. Well, most of us had blankies, but, and just had it for security and warmth. I want you to go wrap up in some blankets when things are a little bit too overwhelming for you and get that sensory relief. Put on that fuzzy, cozy sweater. If you were the kid that, you know, when stuff got really hard, you were just like, I'm just going to run outside. I'm just going to run. I just take off running. I'm just going to go play outside and just let my imagination lead me away from all the craziness or the demands that these adults try to put on me. As an adult, go take yourself on a wandering adventure. Just walk through the neighborhood. Just walk around. Just drive around. And just allow yourself to get that freedom. There are some beautiful things that we learned about ourselves as children. And the relief that we needed. The soothing that we needed. And we were so pure in getting that for ourselves. And sometimes we need to tap back into that. So we can soothe and cope. Take time out for ourselves. Remember the things that brought you joy, brought you peace, brought you comfort as a kid and grab those things this week and start putting them in your coping toolbox. Were you a kid that liked the color to draw? Get some paint, some crayons. Go ahead. Do some artwork. Release yourself creatively. Were you the kid that loved to put their hands in water and Play-Doh and clay? Go get you some sensory toys. Play in some silly putty and some play. Massage yourself with some body butter. Get some different textures going. Get some fidgets. Were you the kid that just sometimes liked to this? be in a corner and playing with their dolls and just having monologues and your own little plays and skits. Be silly. Get on TikTok. Release that energy. Your DIY, your do-it-yourself for this week is to tap into your little you without fear. There's no embarrassment here. And do something that soothes you. I dare you. We've made it to the cool down. 
This is the part of the episode where we focus on our breathing, mindfulness, our body, relaxation, and most importantly, we take a moment out for you. Now, I'm going to be guiding you through this experience, and I'll ask you to close your eyes and follow along with me. If you're free from distraction, join me now. If you're not, don't worry. This is a podcast. You can pause, stop, and come back to me when you have the time. All right, let's get ready. Close your eyes. your toes. Stretch them. Stretch your feet. Stretch. Stretch. Scrunch them. Scrunch them. Scrunch your toes. And now release. Let's make a fist with both hands. Hold it tight.
yesterday's mistakes, hiccups, or obstacles are tomorrow's lessons. You'll do it better. You'll get it right. Deep breath in. Let it out. The person with their hand on your heart means so much to so many people. But it's time that you put them first. Deep breath in. Let it out. You matter. Deep breath in. You are special. You have so much to offer. And I can't wait to see all that you manifest and put into action. Deep breath in. Let it out. This has been your cool down. We have made it to the end of another episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on, Lowe's. <laughs> All right, guys. I want to thank you so much for your support, your listens, your check-ins, your well mail, your emails, your likes, your comments, your subscription. You guys are awesome. And you make doing this podcast so worth it. Oh, I almost got choked up. Mm-mm, I'm a thug. <clears throat> pull it together. Pull it together. But... Thank you. I'm so excited for what season two is going to look like. So, yeah, I know. I'm already talking about season two. We got three more episodes for this season. Um, But I'm so excited for what 2022 is going to look like. You guys have just made my heart swell. And I can't wait for these new announcements, these big announcements that I have to share with you. So... Take care of yourselves. Take time out for yourself. Pour into yourself. And as always, because it is essential to the soul, do it like you'll be there, baby. (laughs) All right, y'all. We out.